Social Conversations. Let's welcome uh, Gugule Tuji Klaba of Amanda Omnoto, who is an entrepreneurial and enterprise development mentor and also an economist. Nongosi, uh, thank you very much for joining us. It's always such a great pleasure. Good evening. Good evening, Manduli, to you, the team in the studio, together with the listeners at home. Today we are talking about uh, something that is very close to my heart, and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs around the globe or around the continent and diaspora are also very looking keenly on the Africa Free Trade Agreement. Um, let's talk about its purpose. And if it has, in the couple of months, and I'm going to say months because it also started off quite shakily being signed, you know, it wasn't that easy and smooth running. But in the time that it has been in effect, are we seeing the purpose being mm. outlined? Mm. Mm. Thank you so much, Mandula. Just maybe briefly to give the context to this, uh, just as a reminder to our listeners, remember Africa uh, is, is one of the largest continents um, on Earth with 1.25 billion people and a combined GDP of 2.7 trillion US dollars uh, in nominal terms. That, that's, in, that's in rents, about 41 trillion rents, with 54 countries and 30 million square miles. It's such a very vast area which has been very incoherent in terms of how it's been functioning as a continent, even with regard to trading uh, internally. And again, you'd remember, uh, Manduli, that there's regional economic communities, uh, which are RECs. There's about, there's SADC with 16 countries, EAC with five countries, COMESA 21, ECOWAS, ECAS, IGAD, AMU, and CENSAD. If you look at all of these countries, they, they form a total of 90 countries, and yet we are 54 countries in the continent. So this alone presents a situation where when uh, um, this trade agreement was introduced, it was introduced so that it could help streamline all of these things because this, some of these countries are repeated. You know, uh, like South Africa is part of SADC as well as part of COMESA, and so is other countries. And, but most importantly, Manduli, it's a question of what are we doing as Africans? Are we really trading enough internally? Uh, you asked a very pertinent question whether are we achieving this? The, the answer is a resounding uh, no for now, but the gradual uh, you know, process that will need to be achieved over time because it's been an, a question of you know, all countries signing up and ensuring that they are truly becoming a part of this in letter and in spirit. Uh, I mean, if you look at Nigeria, for instance, it, ha- it was hesitating to be part of this precisely because uh, it is still an economy that is relying so much heavily on, on oil and it's beginning to start to diversify. But it is trying to diversify. It was kind of like hesitant because it, knew, it knows that countries like Egypt and South Africa, the biggest economies in the continent, are well diversified and they're very much uh, uh, sort of like on par with some best countries in the world and they feel a lot of products are going to be flooding their economies or their countries. So this, this is really work in progress, Mandunia. Work in progress, but it seems that um, the, the progress is quite slow. And I say this because, one, we are repeating and not really uh, coming up with a streamlined way of ensuring that every African country is able to trade within, um, you know, across their borders within the continent. And it's, it's, it's not happening fast enough. 
the momentum is not showing that there's there's that much um, willpower from each political country and each um, organization within countries with each in um, corporations. It, it doesn't seem like there's much happening. Absolutely, I think there is really um, um, you know remember this, the, the main goal here is to create a single market for goods and services and facilitated by the movement of persons. And, and if you're saying it's not happening fast enough, I agree with you because you, you, if, if you look at the percentage trading that we have, uh, comparing ourselves to other continents, for instance, the Asian countries, the, the, the Americas, we're simply sitting at about 16, 17%, gradually growing. And by now, if you look at how they, they projected us moving forward with this uh, agreement, they were saying by 2022, we should be reaching 50% in terms of intra-Africa trade, but we're not even at 20%. I think the, the, there is a lot of challenges right now, which have to do with the fact that um, you know, the instability in other countries, right, is one such uh, problem where um, politically that is, um, uh, and, uh, countries that um, are, are reasonably stable. I mean, this is um, an example of what we're experiencing in South Africa at the moment, because this is more like uh, Umantuli, is, he, is she able to take care of her house and put order in it before she says, let us now work together with Mr. Van der Merve's house, who is the neighbor. So those are all the problems, if you put it in a very simple terms, that Africa still needs to grapple with, where in political there is no alignment because policies and legislation in other countries and, and how other countries are run are not run properly in a, in a sense that uh, there's a lot of this instability, which re- then gives rise to this uh, uh, slowing down the process that should have been far by now. So one instability uh, politically, but uh, the other one that I always look at and say this is going to be um, uh, one of those stagnation reasons for this uh, free trade agreement in Africa to work, and that's our infrastructure, right? So uh, to fly from, from, from Johannesburg and get to Lesotho, to fly from Johannesburg and get to Ethiopia and, and across the continent, is sometimes more expensive uh, than flying from Johannesburg to New York. So <laughs> infrastructure, uh, we don't yeah. have rail networks, we don't have roads, and then flying is also expensive. So how on earth are we expected to make business work? African Development Bank, one of the institutions that we have in South Africa, which invests a lot into other African countries, uh, have uh, projected that uh, Africa would need to invest about $170 billion every year towards the problem you've just pointed out, that is the infrastructure. So the lack of infrastructure is such a very issue uh, that is really a sore point in the entire African continent that talks to cross-border railways, air routes, uh, water routes, roads, etc., including, by the way, the power, the energy, you know, uh, the power pool that needs to be driving the, the sort of sort of like industrialization in the African continent. Because you must remember, Manduli, uh, you know, Africa, when they say um, it's dark in the, in the literal sense of the word, they, there's no electricity in many countries. Some of the electricity or, or the power uh, penetration in other countries, they're as low as 40%. And that shows you that the, 
that is a big challenge that needs to be overcome in terms of infrastructure. And now not to even mention the digital infrastructure. There's low connectivity in rural areas, in some remote areas, and poor Internet access, which uh, again presents a serious problem as we talk about 21st century. But on the flip side, Manduli, for me, this presents serious great opportunities for Africa because it means with the youthful continent that we have, there is so much potential for Africa to be able to rise, create more employment, and really start rolling out this infrastructure if the institutions that are supposed to do such, like the African Development Bank in this instance, as well as some of the uh, you know, institutions across the, the, the what called the, the continent, uh, uh, are able to then put their hands together and, and start uh, saying, we want to invest in here. Uh, in terms of driving our, driving our own economy. By the way, sorry, I made a, a, a mistake there. The African Development Bank, which is uh, our, our board in the continent, but we've got our own bank here in Midrand, which talks to these issues, uh, our own South African uh, Development Bank. Hey, teamers, please join in on the conversation. We're talking about, um, you know, the purpose and uh, hopefully we'll find that purpose and will be the change that we want to see when it comes to the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement. Something very exciting, but poses a lot of challenges, as we have spoken about. I'd love to hear your perspective. If you're already, um, you know, doing business across the, the continent, let us know how is it doing and what are some of the challenges that you're facing on 11 Seven one four two double zero six, or you can WhatsApp zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. SMSs go to four one three nine one. You know, one of the things I always look at, um, either than just the infrastructure, is access to fun- funding. So you were speaking about the fact that there's great opportunity for us as Africa to be able to put together. Um, you know, all the infrastructure that we need and require. But because we don't have funding bodies that are willing and able, we end up finding ourselves in the back burner and then international companies coming in to save us. The likes of China, who have really developed a lot of the African uh, continent's countries. Google, are you there? Google? I think our line is really, really bad. We've just lost uh, Google, but uh, Ben is trying to get hold of him. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. All right, we're still in conversation with uh, Google Aba of Amandla Omnoto talking about the African uh, Continental Free Trade Area Agreement. Google, I don't know if you caught my question there around um, access to finance and the fact that, um, you know, other um, international companies end up coming in and uh, taking, you know, up these opportunities that you're speaking about in order for us to be able to boost up our infrastructure. So what can be done? I think we need we need mentally uh, a blend of FDI as well as uh, locally uh, sort of like grown institutions that are going to fund inside the continent. Because I, I've been worried as well, having others across the continent and looking at what exactly is happening. And and uh, we sometimes think FDI is just a silver bullet to our problems, wherein if we don't have the foreign direct investment, we think. Um, we are not therefore good, uh, and yet we've got internal capacity to be able to raise our own finance. And where then we need the FDIs as an example, yes, we do need the foreign direct investment, but it must come on good terms and must come in a manner that will ensure that it's mutually beneficial, but it respects the fact that in Africa, we know we're coming out of the colonial past, 
a very dark past. And uh, as we are sort of shaping our future as Africans, we therefore ought to ensure every in, a sort of institution that comes into our continent plays by our you know own book as it were so this uh, for 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 as, a, as you are asking it is a very very important question to say uh, the entrepreneurs need to be funded uh, businesses must be funded there must be uh, money that will sort of like um, uh, you know be combined uh, like, like like we're men- mentioning the african development bank uh, that will help drive infrastructure and help drive entrepreneurship and help really put together this picture that the Nguamen Grumans, our forebears, saw way back uh, in terms of a united Africa, a prosperous Africa, and an Africa that is thriving, that is that is playing as an equal uh, around the, 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 uh, the sort of economies and, and the people of the world. Let's go to an ATMA's voice note. Hi, good evening, Patricia, and your guest, my brother there. Um, I'd like to just pose a question regarding um, red tape and bureaucracy. You know, as small business, uh, small businesses, we, we would complain about um, having to go through a lot of hoops, red tape, and all sorts of stuff for us to get through to the other side and may, and maybe. Um, be able to trade um, locally. When I say locally, I mean South Africa. So how would red tape and all this bureaucracy affect us now when we have to look uh, beyond our borders up the, up north? And um, because we understand how things work here in South Africa, um, there's corruption, there's bribery, and there's all sorts of things. So how would that affect us? This is Klaba from the Eastern Cape. Thank you. Mm, very good question there, Klaba. It was also on my mind. The bureaucracy, the red tape, and then the corruption. Mm. Yeah, uh, Google. This is, uh, to Shabbat, this is regarded as one of the challenges and the issues that needs to be resolved in the entire African continent. Truly speaking, uh, I have observed as well, and at times they would say Africa is not for sisters, whatever that means. Uh, it becomes difficult to really do business uh, in some countries where, you know, there's so much of this red tape, there's so much of this corruption, and there's so much of this, um, you know, uh, non-willingness to engage uh, properly with, uh, uh, you know, within the countries themselves. I think it's it's part, if you read about this uh, trade agreement, You'll, you'll note that they, they've noted that as part of something that needs to be uh, overcome because if any country, for instance, wants to attract investment and wants to ensure that it thrives because still these countries will still be countries. It's not like overnight we are going to have one big country, but we will need to have uh, to, to break down these borders uh, and to ensure that there is now a free flow of people in the future, of course, but to ensure now there is no these this tariffs that are sort of like becoming barriers. So there's a whole lot of things which are being looked at in this in, in this agreement, which I believe will be able to be sorted with time. Let me go to A-Teamers' messages. Uh, this one um, is from King St. Nazi uh, Jenkins, who's in East London. Uh, says, uh, SA is the biggest in the economical race in uh, the continent of Africa, but no jobs. Starvation is everywhere. I respect Egyptians as uh, they are more um, caring about their economy than here in South Africa. South Africa is like Botswana now. Mm. 
What's your comment there? Yeah, this is the problem that I think those who are in power and in authority should be better placed to answer because truly speaking, our listener is correct. Um, and, and sometimes you, if you have to think critically as to how are we going to be playing in this uh, very big space if we're still failing internally. But I think in that alone presents opportunities, I guess, to be able to um, uh, maybe try and overcome some of our internal problems through investing in the in the African continent. But but I, I think this is the problem uh, that um, really needs to be looked into because uh, it, it, it's it's it, it's something that uh, it's a worry for every every really person in South Africa who is awoke who sees that what is happening now locally. Mm. Another message from Donald in Rustenburg who says, "Good evening, Patricia and all A teamers in Africa. Um, we have many barriers, smooth and uh, uh, for smooth and free trade. One Africa is not yet Uhuru. We hate each other in the region. So how can we achieve all that great?" Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We've, we've got many challenges, and the, the challenges need to be handled first. I think before absolutely need to be handled first. Yes, mm, yes. Mm. Yeah. Before we can yeah. even say we are going to start embarking on this free trade. Very, very true. I think uh, again the issue of perception. Uh, right now, we know in South Africa the perception that other African countries have towards South Africa because of uh, of, of of the perceived hate for. Uh, foreign nationals, particularly those of African origin, but but again, if if you if it truth be told, this, these are issues that need to be dealt with uh, by all African countries. Because if you go to Ghana, you will have the similar challenges between Ghana and Nigeria, where the certain jobs are preserved and businesses are preserved for Ghanaians, uh, because there is a feeling that if you have a lot of Nigerians moving into Ghana, uh, Ghana is going to be constrained. And so it, it is in Zimbabwe, where if you go to the wholesale uh, sector, they sort of like preserve the sector and, and retail mainly for the, uh, you, you know, what Zimbabweans. But some of these things must be talked through fairly and squarely and have a proper discussion about how are we going to work when we still have our own internal issues. I, see, I guess that is what, uh, amongst other reasons, is kind of delaying. Um, this full-blown implementation of the free trade agreement, even though it's still in motion. All right. Uh, before we close up, I mean, we need meaningful partnerships, even in the midst of this uh, challenges that we have outlined. Uh, how can we start developing them? We definitely need to develop these partnerships. I think uh, it is important to look at uh, what each country has to offer, because on the basis of economic advantages that each country has, you'll find there is, a, there is a lot that each country can offer to the next country based on its strengths. Um, I mean, I, I was in Ghana a few years ago when I heard uh, we were addressed by the, His Excellency the President, the president uh, talking about, for instance, cocoa, that um, the, the, we don't need to buy some uh, Swiss chocolate somewhere and some coke I mean, some co- some coffee that comes from overseas. We need this coffee uh, processed in Ghana and sold to South Africa direct. Just as an example, in terms of products that needs to be produced in Africa, and Africa is having a huge amount of uh, land which is arable, which we need to sort of uh, work together around and make sure that if we can produce something in Africa, particularly as a highly developed economy in the continent, it has a lot to offer to other countries 
that are less uh, industrialized by partnering with those countries, just like we are doing here when somebody from, uh, in terms of RPE laws, uh, to say uh, there will be local and sort of like uh, developed economies given enough space for them uh, and, and entrepreneurs to be partners on equal terms with the foreign nationals, even of African origin. So those are all the issues which I think needs to be looked at uh, for us to have a meaningful partnership in the continent. Well, Gugu, I think there's still room for improvement and there's a lot that we can still do. If you could kindly give us um, contact details for Amanda Omnoto, because I know that your finger is on the pulse all the time to ensure that we as South Africans are also part of this free trade area agreement. Absolutely, Manduli. We are even going to call upon a meeting, as we normally do, virtual meeting, where we'll have some of the leaders in this uh, trade agreement just to sort of like share the knowledge and the information that entrepreneurs need to have. We are on our Facebook page. Uh, our listeners can go like us there because that's where we update a lot of things. Amanda Omnoto uh, Facebook page and as well as Amanda Omnoto YouTube uh, TV. Excellent. Thank you so very much. And of course, it's always such a pleasure. Thank you, Mpemba. Much appreciated.